This episode is sponsored by State Farm. You a small business owner looking for insurance that fits your needs and budget? Well, look no further than State Farm. State Farm agents are not just insurance providers. They're also small business owners who live and work right here in your community. They understand the unique challenges of running and protecting a small business. When it comes to small business insurance, State Farm knows what it takes. Create a plan that fits your needs and your budget. State Farm agents are ready to help you choose personalized policies that truly understand your business. Ensure your small business with a fellow small business owner. Talk to a State Farm agent today and get started on personalized small business insurance that fits your needs. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. Talk to your local agent today. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. Ready to get 30, 30, ready to get 30, ready to get 20, 20, 20, ready to get 20, 20, ready to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month. So give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Hey, this is Jen Pilcher, Navy spouse of 23 years. And when I'm not helping military spouses connect in our digital community, I'm stacking Benjamins. Live from Joe's mom's basement, it's the Stacking Benjamin Show. I'm Joe's mom's neighbor, Doug, and this week we're live from Orlando, Florida, in the hallways and expo hall of FinCon 2018, the conference where money nerds and money innovators meet. We'll hear from some of your favorite companies and find out what innovation is coming to your wallet over the next several months. And, believe it or not, we'll also have time for my amazing trivia. And now, because the perfect Friday begins with coffee and money nerd talk, it's Joe Saul Seahawk. And welcome to another Friday. I'm Joe Salciha, Average Joe Money on Twitter. Still have my FinCon voice going on, which is appropriate because you're about to hear a big dose of me talking FinCon in Orlando with a bunch of different people. But here to help me navigate through it, the guy who's so excited, I get to take him on a tour of FinCon 2018, pinching himself across the card table. (laughs) Did I build that up enough? It's my buddy OG. Tell me more. Yes, it was a good time, and people kept asking about you. I know we joked about that on Wednesday, but people asked about, where's OG? I was there. I just had an early exit. Yes, the whole team was on the ground uh, for our live show, but it was sad that you guys had to go. Did you and uh, Doug and Richie have breakfast together or anything that last day when I made my way over to the conference? Doug and I did, but we had to have it in the kitchen of the restaurant because of the groupies for Doug. Yes, that's always a problem when you take Doug anywhere. I think he brings his own groupies, though, to be honest with you. <laughs> because they were in the elevator with them, and they were just milling about, talking. And then when the door opened, I just heard, oh! And then when we, the door closed, it just was quiet again. Yeah, and you can see you can see him handing him 20s afterwards. Yeah, I didn't see any of that, but I kind of got the sense that that's what it was about. Well, if Doug needs more money to pay his groupies, you know where he should head. It's to magnify money. 
because Magnify Money is the place to go instead of your bank when you want the best in financial products. Over 90% of the financial products that are available are all in one place at Magnify Money. So instead of walking into your bank and saying, what do you got? Head to magnifymoney.com using our link, stackybenjamins.com forward slash Magnify Money. Thanks to RX Bar also for supporting Stacky Benjamins. RX Bar is a whole food protein bar. I lived on these in Orlando uh, with Blueberry. no with no BS. Get twenty five percent off your first order at rxbar.com forward slash sb and use promo code sb. That's rxbar.com forward slash sb. Promo code sb. Seriously, had uh, at least one of those in my pack all the time because I missed so many meals. It was weird because I didn't miss out on happy hours. I felt like <laughs> <laughs> you made all those. Those got those. Uh, those were the big rocks. The good news is you're from Stephen Covey. Yeah, the right. The good news is you're so busy talking that you're barely uh, drinking anything. Thank goodness. But I always seem to be at some happy hour somewhere talking to make those. And it's weird that happy hour started at noon and ended the next day at noon. That is strange. That is. I don't know how that works. It's magic. Happens only at FinCon. We've got a great show today, a lot different show. I'm going to walk OG and all of you through some of my favorite stuff at uh, FinCon. So let's get the party started. Did something a little different this year, OG. Instead of a lot of the FinTech guests, I mostly focused on big brands and what big brands are innovating. Because I didn't really do that that much in the past, I realized. So this year, you're going to hear from a lot of brands that you already know and things that they're doing. But one that you should know, we will start with the FinTech one, though. I met Tori Dunlop in the hallway at FinCon. And I know that at tomorrow, do you remember tomorrow, OG, from the Friday FinTech segment? You can get your will done right on the app. Mm-hmm. Yep. Yep. So Tori was there. Dave Hanley was on the show. We'll link to Dave's original appearance in our show notes page. But they've got some things they're working on. So let's go down to the hallway outside of FinCon 2018 in Orlando, where Tori Dunlop and I talked. It's always fun who you meet in the halls of FinCon. And Tori Dunlop from Tomorrow's here. How are you? I'm doing so well. Thanks for having me. Your voice is doing better than mine. Oh, I've got cough drops packed. I'm ready to go. <laughs> I should have. I'm never prepared. But I'll lend you some. It, it was so cool to see you in the hallway this yeah. morning. You guys at Tomorrow, Dave Hanley was on the show, and we'll link to it in our show notes at stackybenjamins.com. But first, for people that missed that episode, Tori, tell everybody a little bit about what Tomorrow's about. Yeah, so Tomorrow was built by Dave Hanley, who was our CEO, and of course, he was on the podcast. And basically, we're trying to get families to have a will. That's the main priority. So we offer a free will to every family in America, because six out of 10 people don't have them. So we're trying to leverage the phone, your camera, your contacts to really make this a connected experience between generations. So we offer a free will, a trust, and life insurance, and it's just, we're really, yeah, trying to get people to to take advantage of a tool that a lot of people just don't have yet. Well, like I told Dave when he was on the show, it's so exciting. That's an area that's needed to be disrupted for a long time. So taking the stodgy will and making it kind of fun is really cool. But I know when Dave was on the show, he said that wasn't it. There's more stuff coming. Can you tell us anything new? You know, nobody listens to the show. It's just you and I. (laughs) 
So, so tell us, is there anything new coming? Yeah, so there's, there's a ton of stuff happening, and we're really excited about it. So the way you enter the app is completely new now, so we have a completely different onboarding experience, so we're really excited to make it even more about families. So when you come in, you pick your pronoun, which is something we've had since the beginning, but you actually choose what your family looks like. So do you have a spouse? Do you have children? Do you have grandparents, parents? And so we're trying to really focus on how do we tailor these solutions to your family specifically. Another thing we're really excited about that we're announcing at the end of this week is a new partnership with NFP, which is one of the largest benefits brokers in the United States. So um, they're rolling out tomorrow as a benefit to their 4,000 employees. And hopefully that goes well. We're we're assuming it will. And that will only continue to grow as they give out tomorrow to um, the millions of employees in their network. So we're really excited to be able to, again, see all these audiences and, and meet them all. So people might, you might not know it, but you might work with a company that works with NFP and surprise, surprise, they might be part of your benefits package. Yes, you may be getting tomorrow sooner than you thought. But yeah, yeah, so we have our direct to consumer model, which is awesome. And we love working with people directly there. And then, yeah, opening up the kind of the floodgates with benefits brokers. We're really excited to be able to offer that. Tori Dunlop from Tomorrow. Thanks for hanging out with us. Thank you so much for having me. And thanks to Tori for hanging out with me for a few minutes. I like those people. A lot of these fintech companies, they're so passionate about what they do. I think you got to be somebody who really loves what you do. And by the way, loving doing wills and trusts, that takes a special person. I thought for a second you were going to say, you're going to throw a little Texas in there. Like, uh, you know, I love those people. They're good people. They're good people. Yes. He's good people. Uh, Speaking of good people, I made my way over to Barclay and we talk mobile banking. When you think about mobile banking, you think of a couple of companies. I mean, think USAA, but you also think of the British bank Barclay and uh, they were out in force at FinCon. So we were lucky to score some time with Andrew Harris, the managing director and head of banking for Barclays. How about that? And he's going to talk to us about innovation in mobile banking, something I constantly find fascinating. Well, if anybody knows about mobile and digital banking, it's Barclays. And we have the man in mobile and digital banking from Barclays, Andrew Harris, joins us. How are you, man? I'm good. How are you, Jay? Fantastic. So tell me, we're seeing a lot of innovation. We talk to a lot of these fintech companies out there that are doing some cool things. But I know you guys are on the leading edge of mobile banking. Mm -hmm. Where are we headed in the United States with mobile? I think we're starting to see that shift quite dramatically. You know, you look at customer behavior in the digital banking space, the volume of usage of mobile banking is increasing each year. And as you see more tools with the Apple wallets and the mobile wallets, or things like Zelle and Venmo, we're seeing that sort of transaction happen at a mobile level versus the old school laptop, you know, Bermondworth level. And so I think as it also becomes more conversational, because what banking's recognizing as it moves into the digital area is we're losing the relationship with the customer. Sure. And so gone are the days where you'd go in and sit with your branch manager, do an annual review, those sort of things. You know, so Mint.com and others were at the forefront of trying to aggregate and present financial data in a digital space. And what you're seeing now with some of the fintech companies, so Personetics and others, putting in front of customers opportunities to have dialogue. And where's the best place to do it? It's the thing that's probably in your pocket. It's in my pocket. It's the cell phone. And then whether that's through SMS, whether that's through notifications, whether that's just simply clicking on the app and seeing something quick and easy, it's an easier way for us to sort of now engage beyond the products. 
And so banking's got to quickly move in the digital space outside of the products and into the customer and give an advice and guidance. And mobile gives us that opportunity way better than a laptop, which will touch once in a week. But give me an example of that, Andrew. Let's say that I make a transaction. Yep. Are you going to text me and say, do you really need that donut? Uh, <laughs> I think that's a good <laughs> dietary sort of thing for us to sort of think about. On a, on a, and as you can see from my waistline, that would probably be very beneficial for me. But no, it is simple, it's simple stuff. Like, as you think, not sort of the, the donut example. There was a... Um, uh, God, I'm trying to remember their name now. What was the fintech three years ago was doing the thing where if you didn't buy the shirt, you got congratulated for not buying it. You had like a oh. social media thing. What were those guys I didn't called? see that one. Yeah, I saw yeah. the one that was kind of like it. It would give you text messages based on like the voice of your mother. Like, okay. it, like you could choose Tell your you mother, off. your best friend. Yeah. Right. Yeah. <laughs> so we're seeing examples now where, you know, if you're out and you're looking to buy something and you choose not to buy it, you can sell across your social media. Hey, I didn't buy this shirt for $50. I put it in my savings account as well. And people then congratulate you and reward you. So there are simple things and they might feel gimmicky, but they're making differences. You know, one of the biggest problems for consumers still is creating a savings habit. And one of the great things we're seeing with some of the fintechs coming into this space at the moment is they're gamifying the savings behavior. They're rewarding you for moving forward. Smarty Pig was at the sort of the forefront right. of some of that. Sure. You've now got uh, very small fintechs like Pluto Money doing some of this for sort of the, the Gen Z sort of consumers yeah, and just teaching them how to Gamifying. Yeah, gamifying the savings behavior because it's boring. You know, at the end yeah. of the day, your savings account has got to be one of the least interesting products you can do. But it's actually critical for your financial health. If you can create that three to six months worth of income, that's critical for you to actually then get through issues like divorces, job losses, moving homes. And all of the data shows, and if you look at a consumer that's got that, they'll ride through any sort of storm at a personal level or a macro level. So using the sort of the ability to converse via a mobile phone and giving you great advice on that sort of thing is brilliant. But sure, yeah, there'll be stuff on credit cards. You know, one of the things that we want to see more and more, we've got a multiple range of credit cards, is are you using the right credit card? So if you just yeah. literally use that credit card for the a transaction where you could have got a higher reward balance from us, we absolutely want to prompt you go straight away to say, hey, you know, if you've got a chance, you can take that back flip it around but going forward make sure you're spending in the right way that level of customer centricity is much much more important and mobile gives us that opportunity i've been reading some stories lately talking about banks such as yours mm -hmm. getting rid of some features not because they're not cool but mm -hmm. because not enough people are using them yep. and when i when i hear about that it's so frustrating how do you get the word out i mean besides obviously stacking benjamins where everybody listens <laughs> well working with great affiliate websites obviously <laughs> is a great start i think as well one of the things that banks uh, suffer from is it's harder for us to test because of regulation and other issues. So if you take Zynger and some of these sort of uh, game sort of websites, Facebook pieces, what they do a great job is they'll have buttons that you know people can click on and it will say coming soon. But it's testing appetite, it's testing interest. Uh, yeah, you imagine yeah. if a bank did that, hey, do you want to do this feature? And then we can't actually deliver behind <laughs> it. So unfortunately, our test and learn culture gets slowed down a little bit to do it. And so some of the things that you're probably seeing is that someone has tried it, someone's put a feature out there. We've done that in the past. We tried different features. And similarly, it doesn't resonate with customers or just customer behavior changes very quickly. Yeah. You know, you think about what you do in your mobile phone now is very different two years ago to today. And so I think you know, you'll see much more test and learn. And, and the, the challenge is don't crowd the mobile app. So one of the things we learned in the UK is that we were stuffing all this stuff in the mobile app and it became a long scroll to get to actually what you wanted. So simplification, you know, it's always the hard thing, isn't it? Customers want choice, yeah. but you want to provide it in a simple way. And so balance is really, really important. Don't stack your mobile phone with a ton of features. Less is more. 
Sometimes, you know, and yeah. especially when it, 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 certain financial products, I think less is more. Some financial products are a bit more complicated. You'll see that still a lot of the work in fintechs, you know, in investment space drives much more to a laptop experience. You know, there are the exceptions. Robin Hood and others are sort of trying to create something in the mobile phone. But the majority of them still, our customers are going into the laptops to sort of see it because it's hard to see your total financial life when you're thinking about retirement planning in a mobile phone. But when it comes to day-to-day spending, when it comes to budgetary work, you know, those sort of spending tools absolutely should be in your mobile phone accessible to you. Lots of brands here doing exciting things. Uh, FinCon is a great place where we see lots of innovation. You guys obviously aren't sitting still. Tell me what's going on that's new at Barclays. Is yep. something that's exciting that you guys are up to? So we're continuing the theme of sort of financial well-being. A couple of years ago, we were the first credit card issuer in the US to actually put a credit score in front of consumers for free. So, you know, customers have easy access then to see that FICO score and importantly then get advice on how to change it. So that was sort of one I mentioned, if we then go forward a little bit on the deposit side of it, we're one of the few digital providers that actually has a native app. Most of the sort of the standalone savings providers are laptop only. Mm-hmm. And that's a frustration for customers because often digital bank customers are customers who have got the rainy day money. That's why they're taking the money out of the bank where they're not getting as good a rate. They can come to us and get 1.9. But it's always this sort of like, you kind of want to see your money. You want to make sure the money's sort of still there. Uh, I always joked that we should develop a something called Money Cam where you sort of click on it and it actually opens a safe and it's sort of <laughs> <laughs> it's your money in a safe, so it feels sort of more real. And so tools like that that drive towards financial well-being and something you're going to see a lot more from us next year is a lot more consolidation of that. So putting all of that sort of data together, come up at a level to a customer and almost imagine sort of a financial well-being score. Imagine zero to 100. You know, we talk about gamification. Yeah. Where are you on financial well-being and what would be the next three or four steps that would move that score up? How do you take customers in small increments through that sort of journey? And it's hard because as the digital banking world has sort of grown, it's like diversified products and it's diversified for customers where all their banking is. And how do we bring that back together without necessarily taking all the products in? So with data aggregation now and some of the players like MX, Yodely and others, you can do that sort of thing and therefore give customers great financial advice, even though they're not necessarily bringing all the banking with you. And I think that's something you'll see a lot more from us in 2019. That sounds really exciting. I, d- I just love hearing about innovation, and yeah. I'm I'm gl- I'm kind of sad to hear you're not sitting around at Barclays with your feet up, you know, just <laughs> really, all the time. You can't in this world, <laughs> you know. Really? It's uh, and and you've got to be really adaptive to the the growth of the fintech and understand that they're putting out great propositions, and how do we work with them to bring that into the consumers? So it's always changing. There's always great environment, and technology just keeps giving us great opportunities to work with customers. So uh, constantly moving world, it's great. Andrew Harris, thanks for hanging out with us for a few minutes. No worries. It's great to meet you, Jay. I love the way he pays a lot of respect to startups. You don't see the head of big banks like Barclay, often OG, spending time talking about startups and about fintech. But that's cool to see that the, maybe some of the big banks are starting to get it. Well, that's really important because that's the next generation stuff. That's where the puck is going. You know, right now, everybody's focused on baby boomers and the latter Gen Xers, because that's where all the money is. But you have to think about where all the money's going to be. And if you're a big time banker, you got to get those roots set today, because if another bank or another institution figures out how to interact with where the money's going to be faster than you, bye-bye. Man, I saw that uh, Cheryl and I went to Disney, shock of shocks. Really? You don't say. Was that before or after your trip to Germany? I mean, Bavaria. Well... You know, you could say it either way. I also went to Austria, by the way. You want me to tell you about that part of the trip? Good day, mate. Put another <laughs> shrimp on the bobby. That joke never gets old. Did I tell you that in downtown Vienna, 
we saw t-shirts that said Austria and had a kangaroo with like a red line through it, like no kangaroos. That's so cool. I wish you'd have got me one. I totally should have got you one. Uh, I think I did snap a picture just for you, but of course I haven't shown it to you yet. Good stuff there. But my point about Disney was just seeing them continue to reiterate and innovate. And I kind of got some of that from Andrew. You know, you have to, to your point, John, Ah. continue innovating. Next, we've done stories about number one, credit cards and about some of these quirky entertainment based reward points. Remember that headline a couple of weeks ago? Mm We also did the headline about give JP Morgan $75,000 in cash and they'll start giving you credit card like reward points. Love it. So our friend Matt Schultz from Compare Cards was walking around the hallway and he's a guy that I've always wanted to have on the show and we've never unfortunately gotten on the show. So let's say hello to Matt Schultz and see what he thinks about those two topics. I'm talking to Matt Schultz from comparecards.com. Matt, we did a couple stories recently on the show about two different credit card things that I wanted to get your take on. One is we did a story about a new card that if you use it for movies and for entertainment options, you get not the usual 1% or 2% rewards, you get closer to 4%. Is that just a gimmick or is that the future? Are we going to see more of this? Well, I think it's an interesting trend, and it's something that we haven't really seen much. So much of the credit card focus has been on dining and travel and cashback and groceries and that sort of thing. But I think the entertainment aspect is interesting. Like For somebody like me, I spend a fair amount of money going to ball games, and it would be nice to be able to get 4% back on that $100 you spend on a ticket. And I, I'm also a season ticket. Which is which is whole different commentary, by the way. Yes, exactly. <laughs> right. That's that's not exactly the most frugal thing you could right. do. But like I, I'm also a season ticket holder at the University of Texas for football. And it's a fair amount of money that goes to those yeah. tickets. And if you could get four percent back on that, that's a significant thing. So and I also think that a lot of it gets down to millennials famously being more interested in experiences than Uh, things and this is another way to get at that crowd who goes to a lot of concerts sees a lot of movies that sort of thing the card we're talking about is a it's a capital one card i think yeah it's the capital one saver card okay and on that card are your university of texas football tickets included would you get four percent if you put those on that card that it's funny that's actually a question i asked of the capital one folks earlier today and <laughs> to I, see if you can get it well and i'm not a hundred percent sure because because i know that buying tickets for just a one-off football game would probably be covered but i actually went and looked at my at my spending to see if this card would make sense for me yeah. and i saw how my season ticket purchase was noted online on the statement and it was labeled as something like other instead of being labeled oh. as like entertainment yeah. so i'm not entirely sure if that would work that's a little bit in the weeds, but that kind of raised some questions for me as to whether it would actually kind of get yeah. to where I want to go. So if somebody's like you, though, you want to do the same thing and ask the credit card company questions about it with the type of entertainment you like before you spend the money. 
Yeah, absolutely. And and really, if you have questions about a card, the best thing that you can really do is just call the issuer or reach out to them through their website. And you're probably not the first person that's asked that question. So they'll be able to help you. Right. If you shock the credit card company, something's probably wrong. That's exactly yeah. right. All right. Second question is we did another story recently. I believe it was uh, J.P. Morgan Chase came out with a new program where if you put $75,000 in their checking account, they have credit card-like reward perks. Are you seeing more banks get into the perks game? Do you think that's coming? That's absolutely coming. And that's a result of in a big way is the arms race that we saw with credit card rewards and things like the Chase Sapphire Reserve where you'd get the card and you'd keep it for a year and and go away. What these folks want to do is keep you around and upsell you the same way that you're asked if you want a pair of socks or a belt when you shop at the Gap, right? It's all about kind of the lifetime value that you have to that business. And there's another card, uh, Bank of America is doing something similar where if you have X amount of money in one of their accounts or like a Merrill Lynch account, then they give you greater credit card rewards. So it's all about giving people a reason to stick around. But the funny thing is you think about $75,000 not earning any interest. Maybe you're paying for those rewards. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> the, the banks are always going to do just fine. Matt Charles from Compare Cards. Thanks for hanging out. Thanks for having me. The innovation you see going on at FinCon is incredible. And none were as incredible as walking past the Fidelity booth. And here are people with virtual reality goggles. Oh, super jelly. And I, I thought at first that it was just a... Uh, just a Ride a roller coaster or something like that. Yeah, just some way to get people into the booth. It turned out that Fidelity is look using virtual reality to show people and have them feel how they are going to hit their goals. So first, let's talk with Adam Shuella, the head of Emerging Technology for Fidelity Center for Applied Technology. And then after the interview, I actually did it. So let's hear what it's all about, then I'll give you my impression. We're here with Adam Shuella at Fidelity Investments. Adam, I think you might be one of the people responsible for this cool looking VR thing I'm seeing behind. You don't see VR stuff, by the way, at a financial conference. What's going on? I lead the emerging technology group here within Fidelity Center for Applied Technology. And what we do is we look at new and emerging technologies and rapidly build proofs of concepts to articulate the potential of these technologies to Fidelity in the industry. So it's one thing to read a paper about something or watch a video. What we do is we roll up our sleeves and we build these proofs of concepts to get a real strong understanding of what the potential of these technologies are. We have one over here today that's actually focused on customer education. So we have, sure. Yeah. How do you get from Fidelity working with 401k plans, working with investments, working with 529 plans to, oh, virtual realities for us? I mean, are you on the Xbox one night and go, you know... We actually have a whole research team internally within Fidelity Center for Applied Technology. And then at the beginning of the year, they publish a report. And the report has new and emerging technologies that have the potential of impacting Fidelity in the short, medium, and long term. So it's actually, they have two things. One is looking at technologies from a short, medium, and long term, and also socioeconomic trends that have the potential of impacting Fidelity over a short, medium, and long term. And my group focuses on 
getting a real strong understanding as to what those technologies are, what are almost like their superpowers, and how can those new technologies displace some of the technologies that we're using today? I think in my business of podcasting, I'm looking at like the smart speakers even also. Are you guys even, is that on your list as well? Absolutely. So we've done a lot of work in the immersive user interfaces, which is virtual and augmented reality, but we've also done the almost the total opposite of the zero user interfaces. And that's, think about the voices and uh, the voice interfaces and things like that. We've actually built a proof of concept that combines the two of them together. So leveraging the superpowers of the voice interfaces with the superpowers of the uh, virtual reality interfaces and combine those two together to create something that's you know above and beyond and, and potentially has that potential of really displacing other technologies. So tell me about the experience. If I put these goggles on, which I'm going to do later, sure. uh, tell me what I get. So the first thing that you're going to do is you're going to end up in this room. And the room is going to, you'll, with these big machines, so think about like, you know, almost vending machine sized machines. And you're gonna go through and we're gonna collect four or five pieces of information from you. Your age, what your salary is, how much you save for retirement on a regular basis, and your investment style. So how, do, how do I get that with goggles though? Am I typing with my hand or what am I doing? You're again, we've got these big machines. So the age is this big wheel and you'll spin this big wheel yeah. and set it to your age. Yeah. The, the sal- People tell me I have to spin my wheel for me a long way. Yeah, you might have a little bit of a distance yeah. to go, but that's okay. <laughs> the salary is you've got all these different little balls and you'll put these balls into a bin and that sets your salary. Oh wow! And then your savings amount, how much you have, it's almost like when you're setting an alarm clock. You've got these big buttons, you push it and you hold it, and it'll go faster as you're, you know. And then the third one, the, the last one is your investment style. And we've got this big lever that you have to push to set it to where you are. Everything from aggressive growth all the way down to conservative. And so you set all of these pieces of information and then you'll leave the room and you'll go on to the green line. And that green line is that path towards retirement. And you'll have to teleport because in virtual reality, you've got this really huge space, but in reality, you've got this tiny space that you're standing in. Right. So you'll teleport to behind this puck almost. And it's another big machine. So when you get close to it, it expands and you're standing right in front of it. And you'll pull this pinball plunger, basically. And that pinball plunger will age you five years. And you can change your contribution amount. You can change your investment style. And what will happen is when you age five years, there's a random market, basically, that happens over that course of five years. And your puck will move forwards or backwards based off of that market, as well as some of the adjustments that you've made. Oh, and that's cool. We'll even present to you at different turns, different life events that might have come up. So one of the things that we've, we, I was actually having a discussion in the hallway earlier about is people that have not experienced like a market downturn and the feelings, like we talk about guys that have been around for a little while, like me, like you can't experience the feelings. You're getting to the, like I would imagine with the sensory experience, people start to have these feelings as they see the puck go back and forth. So not only do you see the puck go back and forth, but you actually, if the puck goes backwards, You're you it? feel it. Oh, you feel it. So basically what happens is the puck is in front of you. Yeah. If you experience sort of that market downturn, what will happen is since, again, virtual reality is so visceral, when you're in it for a little while, you start feeling like these things are there. But if you experience that market downturn, what will happen is that puck will go backwards and will go through you. Oh. So you 
feel like this thing is coming right at you. I've seen people jump out of the way. I've seen, you know, so you get this experience that, yeah. you know, you're never going to get on a laptop or a yeah. computer screen or something along those lines. And it's really, again, like, how do we use this technology to help people better understand, get these experiences that they otherwise wouldn't be able to get? Is, is there any way or any time that our listeners are ever going to be able to play with this stuff themselves? Possibly. Um, so our lab looks at technologies that are anywhere between, you know, let's say three to five years out. But there are certain cases where this technology comes to fruition very, very quickly. So um, there is a possibility that I'm not saying that we're 100% going to do this, sure. but there could be, you know, we, we have a, a, our website and we might be able to put some of these applications up on our sites and be able to down, and if they have the equipment themselves, they'll be able to download it and, and run it on their own machines. Yeah. Or we might set it up inside a fidelity uh, center of some sort and, and people might be able to get access to that that way. So we're, we're experimenting, we're still very early on, but we're experimenting with different ways that we could deliver this type of experience to customers. Yeah, just this idea about getting people in touch with the feeling. I really think that's important for all of us. And again, that's what we're trying to be able to understand. Like, how do we leverage this technology and that superpower of that visceral feeling to help people better understand? Yeah. Adam, thanks a lot for hanging out with us for a few minutes. My pleasure. Thank you very much. Thanks to Adam for spending a few minutes with us. So this is so cool. They strap on the goggles and they put these earphones and you're in this room and he goes, look to your right and you'll see a big screen. And I look over and there's like this huge screen TV. But of course, I'm looking to the right in the virtual room, but it feels like it's right over there. And I had this little pointer in my hand. So because it was, the booth was a limited size, you'd use the pointer to teleport. So you'd, you'd find the space by moving around the little joystick pointer. And once the light glowed on the floor where you wanted to be, you pulled the trigger and it teleported you to that spot. And so then you could use your thumb on the top of the trigger to go grab stuff. So when he was talking about grabbing some levers or putting some balls in, in a place, it was wild. And sure enough, just like he said on the interview, I'm standing on this thing that looks like a golf course in the, I'm about halfway up the fairway and I can see the flag up the hill and the flag is my retirement goal. And I'm standing behind this huge puck he tells me to get aggressive on my goal and I get aggressive and I'm standing right behind the hockey puck and the market goes down 30%. And when the market goes down, the puck goes right through me and it feels weird when the puck goes through, it goes screaming right through me. And I look back and now the puck, which is my goal, which is how close I am to my goal is all of a sudden way back there. And now, <laughs> and now I've gone from, uh, yeah. Wah, wah. Did it play that womp womp music? Right. Now I've gone from 50 years old to 57 years old. And it's so weird when you can see it, when you can see that you got screwed by a down market and I was fairly close to my goal. And now my goal is nowhere in sight. So then I had to go back behind the puck again. I got an inheritance of about $40,000. I put all that money in. And then I also up my savings from 10% to 20%. And I lowered my income it need in retirement. But I'm doing this virtually at this little screen in front of me that you pull down where I'm, I'm pulling levers. And so I'm have these virtual reality goggles on and I'm pulling levers and moving things. I finally get it the way I want. You press kind of like a pinball machine. You pull back the little plunger, like the pinball machine plunger, mm -hmm. and you push it forward. And all of a sudden the putt goes up and it's almost to the hole. And he's like, see, you stayed aggressive. When the market went down, you saved more. 
So you ended up, you ended up making your goal. Now, luckily you got that inheritance. Like sadly it took somebody dying for you to yeah. make it, but it was Aunt Betsy uh, finally uh, took one for the team. <laughs> It was, it was cool stuff though. Yeah. It it was wild to be able to feel it like you and I sitting at a table with people, you know, year after year, helping people do this stuff. You kind of wish they could feel it and Holy cow. Could I feel it by seeing it? Because I could see it. I could, I could hear it. You know, you could hear the sound of the puck. You could hear birds and stuff. It was, it was incredible. Very cool. Yeah. One of my favorite things is thinking about your goals in a, in a timeline. And so you've got competing goals. And so you start looking at those over a timeline, but you put all of the people that are important to you in a chart and then start adding five years to them, including yourself. And all of a sudden you go, oh, well, when I want to retire, I still have a kid in college. Or I'm going to be 80 at the same time that my parents are 100 and my kids will be 65 at that time or whatever the case may be, you know? So it just kind of, kind of puts all of those things in perspective of how all the different pieces of the puzzles start to work together. It's funny you say that because I also caught up with a friend of the show and he's been on the Friday FinTech segment before Chris Hutchins from Grove. And it was good to see Chris and hang out with him for a minute. And let's hear about innovation going on at Grove. Another phenomenal former guest of the show in the halls of FinCon. We are catching up with Chris Hutchins from Grove. How are you, man? I'm doing great. It's fun to be here. Well, I'm so glad you're here. And we'll link once again to you originally being on the show so people can go hear the full interview. But for the three people that missed that, because I'm sure everybody listens to every show, tell everybody a little bit about Grove. Yeah, so we started Grove to try to help people figure out how to do the right thing with their money. We pair them up with certified financial planners and we build personalized financial plans. Once again, you can go into all that because we go into the weeds a little bit yeah, on yeah. the show, but but what's changed since you were with us last? Yeah, so I think when we were last there, we were building a financial plan and now we're kind of more of an annual service. We help you figure out how you're, whether you're on track down the road and how to get back on track and really try to kind of bolster your financial peace of mind throughout the year. Can we talk about something? You and I had a great conversation over coffee. Well, I had coffee <laughs> earlier. It's this idea of milestones. And it was cool that you're very intently interested in milestones and their importance in your financial plan. Yeah, so most people don't think about financial planning at all. The closest they get is, I want to buy a house, or I'm having two kids and I want to make sure they live a fulfilling life. And so if people have goals of saving for a house or college or retirement, you can set points along the way. Maybe every year, where do you want to be by the end of the year? So we think it's going to be helpful to let people see how they're trending, not just towards the macro goal that might be 20 years away, but towards what they need to do this year to be on track for it. And so instead of this, we build a plan, it kind of atrophies, we rebuild it. You're thinking beyond that. Yeah. You know, one of our designers calls it the living plan because it's not, here's where we are today. Let's check where we are today again in 365 days. It's how do you evolve to where are we right now? And, you know, it doesn't have to update every second, but, you know, like a credit score, you know, you don't need to check it every day, but maybe every quarter is a good time to check in and say, how are we doing? Am I on track? Have I been saving the things that the amounts I said I would? Uh, So we want to help people be able to answer those questions so they're not stressed out the rest of the year. But I love this idea of instead of a set check-in, if it's two o'clock in the morning and I can't sleep, being able to check in right now whenever I want to. 
Yeah, we want to give people a place to log in, see where am I at on savings? Where am I at on my net worth? What are my investments doing on their own time and not need to rely on someone to type in a bunch of numbers and print out 200 pages and put them in a binder and deliver them to you in an office, which could take months. We'll link to it again in the show notes, but where do people find you? Yep, we're at hellogrove.com. Awesome. Chris, thanks for hanging out with us. Yeah, thanks for having me. I also had a talk with Chris about running the business and how as his business gets bigger, he spends a lot less time working on financial planning and instead is managing the business. And we started talking about the e-myth and about how, how that book's no joke. As you're building a business, he started off because he was emphatic about good financial planning for the masses. And now he doesn't get to spend as much time doing that as he'd hoped, but it sounds like a company doing really well. I'll tell you what, OG, we're going to have a lot more from the floor of FinCon, but first, my, uh, my voice needs a little break. Let's grab some hot tea. And our ears need a little break. <laughs> Let's grab some hot tea and hand this show over to Doug for a second. Hey there, money nerds. I'm Joe's mom's neighbor, Doug. And how about all of this innovation, huh? You know, it reminds me of the time I realized French fries and mayonnaise were a thing. Whew, French people got it going on. Hey, here's some trivia that's got it going on. While Joe's in Orlando, how about this Orlando-based trivia for you? Walt Disney World brings in more visitors than any other attraction in the area. What year did it open? I'll be back with the answer in just a moment. Big thanks to RX Bar for supporting Stacky Benjamins. RX Bar is a protein bar made with 100% whole ingredients and no BS. Bad stuff, no bad stuff, like added sugar, artificial colors, artificial flavors, preservatives. Per- preservatives. What are those, OG? You ever heard of those? Uh, unfortunately, but not with RX Bar. The good news is they don't put those in them. Yeah, but I don't think I got that. Preservatives, there we go, or fillers. RX bars are made with a few simple, clean ingredients where every ingredient serves a purpose like egg whites for protein, dates to bind, nuts for texture, and other delicious ingredients like unsweetened chocolate, real fruit and spices like sea salt or cinnamon. Mm -hmm. Good night. RX bars, gluten-free, soy-free, dairy-free, no added sugar, no colors, no artificial flavors, no fillers. Great tasting with a variety of flavors. They come in 14 different flavor varieties. So whether you like sweet and savory, chocolate or fruit, there's an RX bar for you. Blueberry is my current love. Blueberry, mixed berry, and chocolate and sea salt. Do yourself a favor. Make a trifecta out of those. You can make a RX bar sandwich. (laughs) You will not doubt it. Yeah, put a couple blueberries on the outside with the chocolate sea salt in the middle. There you go. Mm. Yes. Who needs one when you can have three? 750 calories, but you'd you'd be completely full for the entire day. RX bars are ideal for breakfast on the go, snack at the office, push through your 3 p.m. slump, push you through FinCon, throwing throwing in your bag on a plane, tossing your backpack for a bike ride or a hike. I will generally have one just before a long run or just after a short one. RX Nut butter is brand new also. They now have an RX nut butter, which contains a few simple and similar ingredients like egg whites, fruits, and nuts. Each single serve packet's squeezable and spreadable and contains delicious 
creamy nut butter with nine grams of high quality protein. Pairs great with fruit, rice cakes, pretzels, or straight out of the pouch. I should, when we talk about pairing our X bars, we should do it in like the snobby wine voice. This pairs yes. wonderfully with uh, fruit, rice You'll cakes. You'll notice the after palate flavors of date and sea salt with a front forward uh, delicious aroma of blueberries and almonds. Do you think it ruins it if you have like an RX bar and port together? <laughs> Mix. I think that is not what you're supposed to do, but does that defeat the you purpose? Could do, easily you could do RX with something simple like a cab. Like yeah, absolutely. Cabernet Sauvignon. Mm. You make my RX bar sandwich for dinner. <laughs> side of nut butter. Delicious. Glass of wine. Chiefs, fix me an RX bar plus a Cabernet, please. Chiefs, yeah. So get 25... Do you have any RX bars? Get 25% off your first order at rxbar.com slash SB and use the promo code SB at checkout. That's rxbar.com forward slash SB, promo code SB. We're also excited that Magnify Money is with us. They are our longest running sponsor. And I remember when we first started with Magnify Money, we talked about growing together. And now Magnify Money is the place where seem to have grown. tons of people go when they're checking out their money situation, hoping for better banking products. Why go to your bank and get just a couple when you can get over 90% of all the banking products that are out there? You probably hear me me typing right now because it's Friday, OG. You know what that means? We're going to go see what interest rates look like. The thing I like about Magnify Money is that most of the top products, banking products, are all digital. So if there's a company that you've been doing business with that maybe was the leader in savings accounts before and now is not, it's so simple to just yeah click, transfer, boom, now you get the better rate. It takes a few minutes but it's a few extra dollars. This all depends on how much money you have. I just, it defaulted to $11,000 for whatever reason. 11000 That sounds like a, like a nice a nice cash reserve. The top interest rate right now at Magnify Money, 2.25. My Savings Direct and Utah First Credit Union. Then Pierpoint Financial is at 2.15. Uh, Citizens Access at 2.12. Viobank at 2.11. Uh, CIBC at 2.10. And then one, two, three, four, five, five more above 2%. So we're getting to that point, OG. People are cresting over the wave is... Yeah, if you're still at a point and a half, you're still one and a half, and, and you said somebody's at two and a quarter, go get you some more money. Very easy to do. StackyBenjamins.com forward slash magnify money, of course. Also, you can pay less interest to the man by getting your interest rate down on those credit cards, personal loans student loan refinance options. It's all at magnifymoney.com. Use our links, decubedgements.com forward slash magnify money. Hey there, trivia nerds. I'm Joe's mom's neighbor, Doug, and I'm back with your trivia answer. The question was this, what year did Orlando attraction Walt Disney World open? Walt and company slowly started planning for a new park after he realized that Disneyland, way out there in CA, which had opened in 1955, didn't have enough room to grow. In 1965, he began gobbling up land in Orlando, taking into account both the development of I-4, that's Florida's turnpike, and the Air Force Base. 
To keep his actions secret, though, he used dummy company names like I-4 Corporation and Latin American Development and Management Corporation and Reedy Creek Ranch Corporation. Pretty sure I worked there, actually. Anyway, finally, in 1971, Walt Disney World opened. 1971. Sadly, after Walt himself had passed away. Hey, did you get it right? Reward yourself with a teacup ride and some Dole Whip. Or maybe just pat yourself on the back because it's about six bags of money less expensive than a trip to Disney. Know what I mean? Next, we went back into innovation land. And whenever I would go to the DigiMillex conference at USAA, hearing about how USAA helps military members and their families, a mission that I think is just a cool, cool, cool mission. And by the way, I loved hearing uh, Andrew at Barclay talk about USAA and how they know their they know their niche. They know exactly who they serve. They serve them incredibly well. They don't want to do anything else. And just to hear the head of a division at a big bank like Barclay talking about USAA in these super fond terms showed some huge respect for that brand. But USAA, of course, known as innovators. And so we had to talk about what USAA is working on innovation-wise this year. So let's uh, let's go back down to the floor. I'm here with two of my USAA friends, Rochelle Tiadina and JJ Montanero. That was pretty easy, right, JJ? D- JJ, uh, frequent guest on the show. But Rochelle, tell everybody what you do, because I love your job and what you do at USAA. Well, I have the blessing of being able to lead our member and employee innovation programs at USAA. And I was excited to talk to you because being here and at FinCon also, we're talking to different companies about how they're innovating. And every year, when we usually do this at the USAA campus, we get to see some of the neat stuff you guys are doing. Tell me what you've been working on lately. Well, you're definitely going to have to come back to the campus because we've launched an innovation showcase to highlight the spirit of innovation across USAA. But also, we recently, just this week, launched an augmented reality auto shopping experience that, in the palm of our members' hands, we are providing education, convenience for them to be able to point their cell phone at a vehicle and get make, model, cost range, an auto insurance quote, and potentially an auto loan. Wait a minute. Is that on used cars and new cars? That is 2,000 models and newer. So I'm down, there's this corner in Texarkana where people sell their cars, like in front of the Kmart. And, uh, and so I go there, I take my phone, I'm imagining I click on an app and I just point it at the car and it'll give me like blue book value or what does it give me? It's going to give you the price range for that vehicle and it'll also give you inventory where to potentially buy that vehicle. In the future, it's also going to show you cost of ownership because we want to educate members, not just have that impulse to buy, but know what comes with buying that vehicle. Yeah. Yeah. There's actually maintenance afterwards. There, there is. That's the surprise. Yeah, you should have said spoiler alert. Yeah, and insurance cost. <laughs> yeah. Well, and and now we have our CFP with us, JJ. So take that. Big, I've got a big grin on my face now because now we're talking about the total cost of ownership yeah. and the idea that it's not just about that payment; it's about all the other stuff that comes with it, and then putting that right in somebody's face before they make the decision and making it part of the decision cycle. So I think that's really the. The meshing of innovation and advice in one place. So, as a USA employee, it makes me uh, makes yeah. my heartbeat. Yeah, no, that's really cool to factor that into your budget immediately. Tell me what else is going on. So another one is a Project Apollo, and this is where we're going to give peace of mind to our members to be able to monitor their connected home 
through an app as well, and it's a partnership with Honeywell. Um, peace of mind, but also for USAA, help with prevention of losses because it includes 12 devices to monitor water, lighting, your doorbell, your security system. So again, another financial security in the sense of preventing things from happening as well. Give me an example of that. You said lighting is, is an example. What would I be monitoring with my lighting? So like the electrical, the lighting, uh, the timing of the lighting, so people might think that you're home. Things that exist ah. today, but USAA looks to see how we can use those to improve our members' lives and experiences. And, and when you talk about water, I'm thinking about the time that my hot water heater broke and I wasn't home and I come home and I've got like two feet of water in the basement? Yes, water detection so that you could uh, have a prevention for a loss and you don't have to come home to surprise. Yeah, and that's interesting because I think JJ with So What About Rochelle's talking about, this ties into cash reserves, emergency funds. Yeah, when you said that, I was actually thinking back to the night before we were getting ready to head to Orlando to Harry Potter World, whole family trip. And all of a sudden, out of the drywall, the ceiling started dripping water. And it was our water heater upstairs that had broken. And luckily, we replaced it, but it was the night before. It's like 7 or 8 o'clock at night, so you have a 24-7 plumber. So instead of costing seven or 800 bucks, it was like 2000 But the fact was, we had the emergency fund on hand, so we were able to, to bridge that, and not get caught up having to sell something, to use a credit card, yeah. or borrow money. And now with this, you catch it quicker. It's a beautiful thing. Yeah, no, that's cool. So, a lot of people don't know. Let's talk about old innovation for just a second. A lot of people don't know. USAA was the first company to innovate, take your check, take a picture of it, and mobile mobile banking. Remote deposit capture. Yeah. And we didn't just stop there. We also know that assessing our members' needs, we had members that had other needs in order to be able to use that capability. So if they couldn't see or hear, we made it where the member could get voice commands and prompts to be able to use that service to be able to deposit their checks. So we don't just stop at our our minimum viable uh, you know, product, yeah, we yeah. continue to iterate and, and assess what needs are, are changing for our members, what technology is out there to always provide the best. And where do people learn more about USAA Innovation? They can come to usaalabs.com uh, to plug and play on USAA's latest innovation. That site also invites them to concept test with us. So who better to ask than the people we're building for? What do you think about this? Would you use this? And they can do that at usaalabs.com. Awesome. Rochelle, JJ, thanks for hanging out for a couple minutes. Thanks, sir. It's also always good to catch up with our friend Stuart Ritter from T. Rowe Price. He's been on the show maybe, OG, oh maybe, I don't know, four times, five times. Love talking to Stuart. Let's find out what innovation's happening over at uh, T. Rowe Price. Well, we got to get this guy on the show because we get him every year in our potpourri episode. Stuart's back with us. Stuart Ritter from T. Rowe Price. How are you? I am great. Thanks for having me back. Well, I'm so happy you're here. You're, you're better now. Last time we talked, you were a little under the weather. I was very under the weather. So thanks for letting me do it with my real voice and not the coughing voice. I want to ask you two questions leaning on your certified financial planner designation and knowledge. A lot of studies lately showing debt still on the rise. I think the latest number was 4% 4 more debt this year than last year. People don't seem to be getting the message, Stuart, or are some people finally getting the message? I think people are getting the message. One of the statistics I'll share that surprises a lot of people is that more than half of American families pay off their credit card in full every month. 
So a lot of people think everybody's carrying credit card debt, and the reality is most people are not. So if you're in that group, you are doing the right thing, and there are a lot of people like you. And if you're not, don't be thinking, oh, everybody has debt, so this is okay. Recognize that you need to be doing some changing, need to be doing some thinking, and there, there are people who manage to get to the other side and pay it off. But on the other side of that equation, not to, I'm usually a glass half full guy like you are, but, but that means people that don't get it are not getting it even more than before. Potentially they are. And I recognize it's hard for a lot of people. The cost of housing goes up. You want to send your kids to college. What's important to think about is how do I still achieve those goals, but maybe on a slightly smaller scale. So it's not that you can't buy a house, but can you buy a cheaper one? It's not that your kids aren't going to go to school, but there's a wide range of costs. So picking something that's a little bit less expensive lets you avoid that debt, gives you enough money for other things you want to do and still achieve those goals. You and I both both get excited about all the financial independence discussion here. It's so cool, that whole movement of people trying to be in charge and use consumerism where you have to instead of letting consumerism carry you away. But there's people on the other side that you guys work with who they're 67, 70 years old. They don't have enough money. Talk about that for a second. If you're an older person right now, how do you cobble together some kind of retirement? There's always opportunities, and one of the things people underestimate is their own resilience. We spend our entire lives dealing with difficult, unexpected situations, and we figure out ways to get through. So approaching going, oh, I can't figure this out, is not going to get you there. You've solved problems before. There are a lot more opportunities now for people to create income that doesn't involve a nine-to-five, five-day-a-week job. So part of the solution to your problem could be working part-time, and you've got opportunities to work work when you can and you want to. So recognize there's a lot more flexibility than there used to be. Tap into that and that can make you feel more confident that you can make this work. That's awesome advice. The uh, last time I talked to you, we talked about the gig economy, and that's specifically what you're referring to. Absolutely. We did a study and found a lot of people are involved in it, and it's more for older people. They're doing some work when they want to on the side to generate more money. That's how it, how it fits. So the cool thing here is that we see brands like yours. We see awesome new innovation, new things happening. I know you guys are just sitting around with your feet up, not innovating at all at T-Roll Price. <laughs> Tell me what's new. What's going on with you guys now? Our feet are always on the ground looking for new ways to do things. So we have a couple of things. We're consistently helping to educate people and try to make this complicated financial planning stuff simple so people can make good decisions. So Speaking of the big economy, we're focusing on helping people who have small businesses, which could be something that they're running full-time or something they're doing on the side, how to help them think about retirement and how they can save for retirement. We've got a robo-advisor, so as people are thinking about how do I put a portfolio together, we've got the entire spectrum from a retirement date fund that packages it for you to something more personalized to a full-blown advisory planning service. So we're looking at ways for people to get where they want to be by helping simplify the process of saving for retirement, saving for their kids' college education, so they feel confident they can get the things they want out of life, buy the things they want, and achieve the goals they're looking for. Lots of tools on the site, Stuart. Is it just directly go to T. Rowe Price and follow the trailers or more direct link people should use? T. will let you pick out who you are okay. and get you to the tools and the stories and the answers you're looking for by starting at that point. Awesome. There's a 
treasure trove of stuff there, guys. So uh, we'll have a link to T. Rowe Price in our show notes at stackybenjamins.com. Stuart, it's so great to have our annual hookup here at FinCon. I look forward to seeing you at the next one. Deal. Thanks. All right. And to round out today's show, a place that you talk about quite often, OG, and I've given gifts from this place before myself, Stockpile was in the expo hall. And so I stopped there to find out what's going on at Stockpile and got a, uh, got a nice little surprise here at the end of this interview. Check this out. One gift I know a lot of you have purchased for people in your family, maybe kids getting ready to save, is Stockpile. And as I'm walking through the expo hall at FinCon, I found Juan David Rodriguez from Stockpile. How are you, man? I'm great. Thank you. Looks like a lot of people here. We just had my friend Adam Carroll, who's a great uh, student loan expert here. You guys uh, having fun at FinCon? Yeah, yeah, it's great. Uh, A lot of people are having a lot of questions about our product and how it works, so we're excited about it. Well, let's talk about that. For the two people that might not know what Stockpile is yet, because <laughs> I see you everywhere, tell them about it. So we are a stock broker, but our differentiator is that we allow fractional shares in stock. So instead of buying a full share of Amazon, let's say if you don't have $1,800 to put on one share of Amazon, you can actually just put $10, $5, and we'll give you a fraction of that share. So you actually become a stockholder of that stock, but uh, for, for a fraction of it. So it's something kind of unique about our, our platform that not many companies are doing out there. And then our other differentiator is that we offer gift cards, whether physical gift cards or e-gift cards. And uh, with these gift cards, you can buy $25, $50, $100 of your favorite stock. You can gift them or you can buy them for yourself and redeem it on a platform. And then you get a fraction of, uh, of the stuff that you want. I love this idea because as a money geek, you know, giving somebody another thing that they might not use during the holidays or birthday versus giving them stock, it's like you're helping their future. Yeah, yeah. And the thing, or our, our founder really saw that there was this friction of like how to get into the stock market. Right. And uh, if you love a brand or if you love, uh, like a company, right? So I think he, he's, uh, he, he came up with the idea of being at the Apple store and seeing like how many people would be interested of, uh, they're so committed to Apple brand, right? Like, it's like, hey, would you like to actually be a, fr- a, a small owner of, of Apple? And uh, when he did that service, like a lot of people is like, yes, I would love to, but I don't know how to. I don't even know how this, this crazy stock market world works yeah. right so he created these gift cards to make it very easy right and uh and now uh you can buy a gift card in target that says apple i was gonna say i see him at the grocery store i think yeah 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 yeah. you can redeem it you uh 50 bucks 25 bucks on apple and then you are a stockholder now of that stock so that's kind of like the differentiator and it's it truly the the companies to get people start investing in the stock market just get started there's some other platforms that allow you to start investing, but we see that they're sometimes very complicated. They have this short market buy, limit buy order, like all these things. It's like, what? I just want to buy a simple stock. Like, what? how can I buy a stock, right? So we're trying to, like, take a step back and just make it as easy as possible for a person who didn't go, like, they didn't have a finance degree to understand, like, oh, you can actually invest, invest for the future. It's easy. And uh, we see that once they get the food on the door, you know, like, once they, they start getting investing then it's easier to get them to like invest little by little for their future yeah. you know and get more comfortable yeah, with that the fear of understanding it. For the other half of our audience that knows Stockpile, they may give Stockpile's gifts or use it themselves. 
you guys, I know you're not standing still. What's next? You got any developments coming, things that you guys are working on now that you can tell our two listeners about? Yeah, yeah. We are working on redesigning our app. So that's hopefully coming on Q1 uh, next year. And yeah, so we're looking to make it really more easy and uh, or easier and uh, more approachable to like the whole uh, experience on our platform. Which is wild because it's pretty easy right now. I've been on there. It's not that hard yet. Yeah, yeah, but we see, for example, that there's some functions that our users ask for that we don't offer, ah. or there's some other functions that they might get the user confused, right? Gotcha. Or it's like, uh, why, are you off- why are you showing me this? That's just getting me more confused about the whole process of buying and selling stock. Gotcha, yeah. and that's uh, Q1. Yeah, yeah, that's Q1. And then the other thing that we're working on, I don't have a specific time on that, is that when you buy and sell these fractional shares, you only get one window of trading throughout the day. So we're looking to make it live, meaning oh. uh, if you buy uh, at noon, you get the price from noon, right? Gotcha. Right now, if you buy at noon, then uh, all our trades are executed at the end of the day. Sometimes there's not much difference, but, sure. but sometimes the users wants to get the best price that, at where they think they... Yeah. The, that's the price that they want to get, right? Yeah. So we're working on that to get to offer fractional shares, but also live trading at the wow. same time, which is it's kind of like a new concept. It's not many star brokers are doing that, both things at the same time. So we're yeah. working towards that, yeah. Yeah. Well, congratulations on the innovation. Juan David, thanks for hanging out with us for a minute. All right. No, no, thanks. I love doing this. Redesigning the website. Do you think, so redesigning the website, so you're buying the stock in real time. Like seriously, when he was telling me that, I thought, I don't really see that as a, I mean, don't get me wrong. I get that they're saying that people want to be able to buy the stock right now in the middle of the day instead of the end. But if I'm giving my nephew $50 of Microsoft stock, does it really matter whether I buy it at the end of the day? I mean, am I teaching him the wrong thing by by saying, hey, wait for the right price in the interday trading? I actually like the fact that it was, you put your order in and then sometime later it was filled. Yeah, it was at the end of the day. And starting next year, it's going to be during the day. So you can pull the trigger when I, I think people are going to try to get too analytical about that. And it just, there's no analysis, just buy the stuff. I think our great friend, Hillary Hendershot said this. I thought I heard her say it on her podcast. Don't try to get the best price. Try to get a good price. Yes. And in the great context of the next 30 years, today's probably a good price. One of my favorite really dry books about trading is called Trading Rules. This guy goes over all of his rules about trading. And he said that people setting a point in their head that the stock's going to reach, like how egotistical are you to think that a stock's going to go down specifically to the price that you picked? And then all of a sudden, it's going to become a good stock after that. He said, if you like a stock, buy it. If you don't like it, don't like like the stock at this price or don't like it at this price. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but I love stockpile. My kids love it too. Although they have such unrealistic expectations. I was showing my oldest his I said, Hey dude, check this out. Your money has now made more money than you put in. He goes, Dad, the highest you can go is a hundred percent. That says 112. Everybody knows that. I'm like, oh boy. <laughs> no, that's a cool thing. Only you little OG that's what kid. I said, I said well, can you do hundred can be better than 100. And by the way, that's what we expect on your homework too. Yes. The bar is high, kid. You're now in the- All A's plus you need to do extra work. You're now in the OG family. Welcome. Go suck up to your teacher some more. Good stuff. That is our tour of FitCon, OG. Well, maybe next year I'll get to go. 
it sounds like a blast. Last year it was awesome. So, you know, it's sure it'll be awesome again. It certainly was fun. We're headed to DC next year with FinCon. The district. Excited to see that. Uh, Thanks to everybody for listening. Thanks to people who've also left a review of this here podcast. This one's on mom's fridge, although I have no idea what this podcast means. OG, you got to help me with this one. This one is by Yeldarb of the planet Brad. Five stars, almost crashed an airplane. Well, that doesn't sound good. About a year ago, I was flying around listening to one of their podcasts. Don't worry, this isn't a very remote place with no other aircraft around. When OG said something about a box and ribbon and something still being what it was before it was wrapped, and I laughed so hard I was crying. I didn't really almost crash, but I still think back and laugh. These boneheads mostly entertain themselves during the show, but despite their effort to act and sound like ding-dongs, some of their actual knowledge occasionally leaks out. They really are trying to help the average person with solid information from the perspective of professional financial planners and accounting tax expertise. Hope you put a bigger door on your new place so Doug's head can fit through it. I totally agree with that, Yeldarb. His trivia rocks, and he's definitely nailed the entertaining voice inflection announcer role. He really is the star of the show. Five stars. That's going on Mom's Fridge. Can't let All Doug right. can't let Doug see that one though. His head please don't truly big enough. Thanks to everybody who's left us a review of this podcast or told somebody about it. It's very, very fun to watch uh, people join lately in much bigger numbers than ever before our Facebook group, The Basement. And because of that, The Basement has been crazy these last couple of weeks. So thanks to everybody who's joined that. By the way, if you want to join The Basement, it's uh, stackybedjamins.com forward slash basement. That will give you the link to the Facebook page. And click uh, click that link, and then Gertrude will, you know, see if you pass the test to get in. Very, very difficult test. All right, that's going to do it for today. Doug, what should we have learned today? So what should we have learned today? First, innovation. It isn't just the little companies like Tomorrow that are innovating. Check out your own bank and credit cards to see what programs they might have to help you pay down debt, budget, or manage your money better. You may be surprised. Second, virtual reality? Maybe it's not just for video games anymore. It'll be fun to see what the future holds for gamifying financial services. Yeah, I can't wait till they bring in the lasers. But the big lesson? Don't tell Joe's mom he's in Orlando or you'll be the one taking out the trash. Special thanks to all of our brands who participated in today's fun show. You'll find links to Tomorrow, USAA, Fidelity, T. Rowe Price, Barclay, Compare Cards, Grove, and more on our show notes page at stackingbenjamins.com. This show was created by Joe Saul Cihai, produced by Richie Rutter-Reese, and engineered by the amazing Steve Stewart. Online, visit us on Twitter at at SBenjamin'sCast or on our Facebook page. I'm Joe's mom's neighbor, Doug, and I swear the worst part about coming over to Joe's mom's house is having to put on pants. SB Podcasts may receive payment on the show from sponsors and guests in the form of books, giveaway items, discounts, or other remuneration. There's no way you would take advice from these dorks, but like Joe's mom always says, don't take advice from people you don't know. This show is for entertainment purposes only, and before making any financial moves, consult with a real financial advisor.
I want to talk for a second about uh, this controversy brewing this week. One review that we won't talk about on the show, we'll talk about just here that I want to get into first to get into the controversy, OG, is we got a five-star reviews from Robert B. F.I., so Robert B. Fi, and the review says, great information and fun podcast. Unsure why Susie Orman was invited as a guest. She's so full of herself and what bombast, the Trump of personal finance, just not in alignment with the low-key self-deprecating vibe of the podcast. I'm not self-deprecating, am I? <laughs> you totally aren't. And Doug's not self-deprecating at all. You do. Just who I am. <laughs> no. I've never tried to decapitate myself. I would say that there is, that there's not, <laughs> by the way. Totally a funny joke that I could have used right there. Hold on a second. I just got a text. Okay. Mom is trying to buy a different house in Detroit for us to record out of. And I got a text and it says, still waiting to hear back. So it's been almost 24 hours since she put the bid in. I have information for you. The information is that presently I have no information. <laughs> that was exactly what it was. I just stopped I, the show to tell you we have nothing. What's so, welcome? Welcome to Stacking Benjamins. I'm buying a rental property right now. Yeah. And I'm paying cash for it. It's my first one. So I'm not, you know, I'll talk about it later. But anyway, my plan is to pay cash for it and then pull some cash out, refinance it, right? Because it's just easier to pay cash for this deal. Yeah. And so I, email the bank and I go, here's what I'm trying to do. Cash out refi on an investment property. And they're like, oh, okay, cool. So we checked the property records and it's not in your name yet. And we totally need it in your name first. And, and uh, when, when are you buying it? Okay. You're going to close this week. Okay, great. We haven't pulled your credit yet. We've got your application, your tax returns. And also just so you know, we cannot do this loan. <laughs> Wait until the very just end. Like, way at the very bottom of this whole paragraph of stuff. And then it says, we don't do investment properties. And so I wrote this, this banker back and I said, hold on, did you just make me read an entire email to say that we don't do investment properties? So that's amazing. What do I do now? And she wrote back like another paragraph, like our present model suggests that we can finance first and secondary homes. And if you can claim this as a secondary home, then we'd be happy to refund. But yeah, we don't do investment properties. Done. Let me know what you'd like to do to proceed. Like, uh... Go somewhere else. Like to do. Um, Argo, bleep yourself. See ya. Yeah. Anyways, so it's just funny. It's so, like funny that people try to be like overly. Is that like overly polite to go? I'd like to help you, but I can't. Like, why couldn't she just go? Oh, I'm sorry, Mr. OG. I'd love to be able to help you, but we don't. We don't underwrite investment properties, or we don't underwrite. That's all she had to do. People on state. All she know, had whatever. to do. Like, cool. Okay. Next. That's. That's funny. That that's a uh, that's a whole different story. I was talking with Bethany Bayless from the Money Mill House about somebody who did that to me. I don't get it. I don't understand it either. Like really, it's okay to say that that's not what you do. Just very politely say no, thank you. Hi, um, I'm calling to see if you guys would like to come over and paint my house. Oh, okay. Like the entire outside of the house? Yeah, the whole thing, top to bottom. It's two story. It's a great. Well, listen, we don't do that. And you know what's funny? If Instead, they gave you a referral. They said, we don't do that, but I know somebody who does. You know what studies show? Very often, the person goes back to the person that gave the referral because they think of that person as a connector. So a lot of companies think that they lose business by referring them other places. Um, they don't. It's not what happens. No, it's not what happens at all. You go back to the connector. Uh, 
But speaking of connector, we connected everybody with Susie Orman and we got this, we got this review. I have to say this, Susie Orman has been, and by the way, we, we generally don't, don't address reviews that are critical of the show on iTunes. Well, critical of the guest of the show. Well, or critical of the show. I'm happy to have a discussion if you email me. I've found that if I answer critical emails on the show, it brings up copycats. It just, it does. Uh, So I'm very happy talking about the show and about what people don't like, but we generally don't. But I do, this is a very nice review, five-star, five-star review. And they bring up a point that a lot of people brought up, why Susie Orman? And I'll say this, a couple things. Number one is, no matter what people may think about Susie, Susie has brought a ton of people into the space and into better money management. And my goal when interviewing Susie was to get the full Susie, was to get all the peacock feathers out. And I'm hoping that we did that based on the reviews that I've seen in our Facebook group, Mission Accomplished. And I think that us respecting what she's done for the business, whether we agree or disagree with the way she presents stuff, how flamboyant she is, as long as we can keep a civil conversation here, I'm very happy to do it. And and I thought she was fantastic on her show. Well, she was talking about paying off debt before paying off debt was cool. So Yeah, remember that thing you know. where, where people would call her and ask if they could afford stupid stuff? Yeah. Uh, oh, the CNBC show? Yes. I love that. Yeah. I mean, you just watch Susie bonk him on the head. So, yeah. so, so she is, uh, for better or worse, she, in this person's view, she is the uh, godmother of personal financial shows on TV. And so having her on, if Susie Orman calls me and says, well, Susie Orman's people actually called me and said, hey, can Susie go on your show? The answer is yes. Yes. Yes, correct. David mm-hmm. Bach just asked if he could come back. And you know what I said? Yes. No. No. Yes. I said, no, if you were Susie Orman, yes. But David, no, 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 no. Yeah, I'm going to need a little more controversy out of you, David. Right. Right. We don't do politics. So uh, whether it's your favorite or least favorite politician, we're going to try to stay away from that. But contra- yeah, that one's going across the plate. But, yeah. but controversial financial people, yes. And I love the fact that Paula Pant, and this is what everybody blew up about this week, our good friend Paula got this interview with Susie where she said she hated the fire movement where Susie said she can't stand FI. What's funny is that our friend Kimberly pointed out in our basement group, an interview that got considerably less attention OG, but was making the same point, but in a different way. I was over on the bigger pockets money show at the same day it was released making pretty much the same points, but Mindy Jensen, who I love, Mindy was poking me saying, so why do you hate the fire movement? And I kept saying, where Susie kept saying to Paula, kept saying, well, I hate it because of this. I hate it because of this. I kept saying, I don't hate it at all. I love it. I think it's phenomenal. Here's my concerns. So if you want to hear a more civil version of that discussion about issues people may have with people maybe getting the fire movement wrong, head over and listen to Scott and Mindy and I chat about it on Bigger Pockets Money. But have you listened to the Paula Susie interview yet? No, but I'm going to. Yeah, Juicy Radio over there at Afford Anything. By the way, huge congrats to Paula for winning Podcast of the Year and also for winning Lifetime Achievement Award. 
it's it's so depressing when somebody is more than 10 years younger than you and they win the lifetime achievement award. Yeah, she she's damn near more than 10 years younger than me. <laughs> which which definitely puts her in the more than 10 year category than you. I mean, Paula has more great career stuff coming than she's already done. You know what I mean? Like she hasn't even begun to crest the top of her career. So congratulations on that. And uh, so happy when friends of the show win. Also, Chris Browning, Chris Browning, who opened for us from Popcorn Finance. That was your first time meeting Chris, wasn't it, OG? No, I think I met him at last year's FinCon, didn't I? Did you? Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Super nice guy. And so happy that he said yes, that he would open for us. He won Best New Podcast. So congratulations mm-hmm. to Chris and Popcorn Finance for... Despite the fact that he was on despite Despite everything. All these people affiliated with us taking their own career in their hands and they still came out winners. So anyway, good stuff. All right, that's going to do it. Go stack some Benjamins, everybody. Well, stackers, this episode is over, but you know what? Your homework has just begun and it's not about what you know, it's about what you do. And partnering with the right organizations is a huge part of your success. Well, let me tell you, becoming a member at Navy Federal Credit Union could help you earn more and save more. Their certificate options could earn you more than standard savings accounts with competitive rates. Now, not all financial institutions offer you as many choices for savings options as Navy Federal does. For example, you could start your savings journey with a low minimum deposit, add money at any time, and watch your savings grow. Thanks to flexible terms, you can use Navy Federal savings options for all kinds of goals, short or long-term. Considering a big home improvement project, maybe you want to consolidate debt, begin, stackers, with your debt strategy. Decide what the best terms are and conditions for the debt that you want to take, and then decide on the products. And with Navy Federal, you could borrow up to 100% of your home's equity with a fixed rate home equity loan with zero closing costs or easily borrow as you go with a home equity line of credit. Both options could help make life's big expenses seem more manageable as you work your way through life. To learn more, visit NavyFederal.org. At Navy Federal, our members are the mission. Navy Federal is insured by NCUA, equalizing lender, membership required, Terms and conditions apply, loans subject to approval.